Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. So what's wrong? Let's jump into it. I, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of, like, turning my life around and everything, you know? And mm-hmm. um, this is, like, lately I've been having to do, like, a, a lot of mes- mental gymnastics with myself, man. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I uh, I have an eight-year-old daughter. I have an eight-year-old daughter. I'm not with her mom, you know, and then ever since the breakup between, you know, me and her mom, uh, you know, her mother has just been uh, wilding, TK. Like, you know, there is no way for me to... I'm not even going to show you. say wild, what do you mean? Like, when... Sometimes, some uh okay. One time when she when uh my my sister picked up my daughter for me to bring her to the house, uh mm-hmm. my daughter was smelling like weed, right? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out why my daughter was smelling like weed, and I was smelling her, I was smelling her, and then it wasn't like particularly on her clothes. And then I went right. to her backpack, like her overnight backpack, and then there was a joint in the backpack, right? Like in your daughter's like, backpack. Yeah, like half a joint in in my daughter's backpack, right? Right. So, so then you know I called her and I was like, "Yo, like you know I burnt her attention." I said, "Yo, like what are you doing?" I was like, "You being mad reckless." I was like, "How, you know, do you think that it is anywhere near responsible of you to um, be smoking around her or trying to prepare her back to spend time with me, and then you leave the joint in the backpack?" Exactly. That was, like, one instance where, like, she started wilding. And then, you know, after I had that uh, discussion with her, she improved. But then, like, lately, um, you know, she has been asking me to do more things with my daughter because I take my daughter on, like, a lot of trips. I give her a lot of experiences. Like, you know, I take her to plays and things like that. You know, just Mm -hmm. just to try to, like, expose her to things that I do on a regular basis for myself, you know, just try to bring her along. Cause I got hit to those things like later in life. So I try to bring my daughter right. along early. So she's more aware of these things because she could do better than I was doing. So, but okay. then like, but then like lately, what it is I've been uh, having to deal with, with her mom is like, she, um, one weekend, you know, we were trying to see if I could watch my daughter and I, and I have to work cause I'll explain my work in my school situation to you in a second. But, like, on, on some weekends, I know I'll be available for the whole weekend, and other weekends, I won't mm-hmm. be. Like, you know, I'm kind of living by, my life about a minute right now. And then right. this, this particular time, I said to her, I said, you know, I can't do it. And then she was like, okay, that's fine. And then maybe, like, an hour or two later, my schedule switched up. So then I said, all right, cool, I can pick up my daughter. So now I call her, I said, I'm going to come pick up my daughter. TK, um, she brings my daughter to the car. And then uh, my daughter gets in the front because I usually let my daughter ride in the front with me. My daughter gets mm-hmm. in the front and she's like, and her mom is, you know, standing at a, a a reasonable distance from the car. And she's like, no, 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 let her sit in the back. And then I'm like, it's odd to me, you know, for her to be so far away from me. And then mm-hmm. the coach. But she's posted in the back, though, FYI. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I, I, sometimes uh, I used to be, uh, I, have a, I have a nephew also. I I so mm-hmm. with him I was like the cool uncle I used to let him ride in the front of me for short distances but I will I have you know became more responsible and I'm yeah I'm you gotta sure put in the back sitting, yeah make sure my daughter sit in the back so okay, go ahead. Come, so PK she comes to the car and then um she comes she comes closer to the car and then I'm like no way and then I smell my daughter smelling like weed again and then here go my big mom smelling like weed again so I was like yo get out, get away from the car you stink. I'm like, why are you sitting here doing this in front of the baby? And not the baby, but, you know, my daughter doing this in front of my daughter and then spraying all of this cheap perfume on her so I don't, like, I can't, like, I can't recognize it. And your enough. daughter getting the contact from it. This is, what I'm, this, is what I'm trying to, this is what I'm trying to explain to her. So, the, um, you know, but I think because we're no longer together anymore, anything that I mm-hmm. say to her goes in one ear and out the other, and she's just extremely, right. extremely combative. And then, uh, you know, that was like an instance. So, you know, like I was, like I mentioned to you before, I took, you know, I take my daughter on trips. And then now her mom, and, but because I'm back in school now, I don't really have the finances to, to take her on trips away unless I'm going to visit my parents. 
So mm-hmm. I'll do like a lot of things. And I, I'm in New York, so like I said, I'll do things locally with her. You know, there's always something to do out here. So I'll right. do lo- things locally with my daughter just to keep her busy until I, until I get my finances back in order so I could take her away again. So now her mom is pressing me about signing a passport form so how she could take my daughter to the Nickelodeon Resort, which is in DR. And mm. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going like, to trust, trust my daughter with her in the Dominican Republic. That's what this is what I'm trying to thank you. So I know I'm not tripping. So mm-hmm. I um so I was like, you know, I kept telling her, No, I'm not doing that, no, I'm not doing that. She keeps telling me how, you know, her daughter's gonna miss out on memories, how her daughter's gonna miss out on opportunities. I said, No. I said, I'm gonna be the first one to put a stamp on her passport. I'll take her to the I'll take her away to the that and the because at least that way I know when my when TK when my daughter's with me, I know my daughter is safe from 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 top to bottom. And if she's not directly with me, she should be with my sisters or my brother or my parents. And I, you know, I know that my family will look after her. Nobody's smoking in front of her or around her or even drinking. Right, they'll protect her. They'll protect her. Right. You know, she's mm-hmm. the baby of the family. My nephew, my nephew is 18 now. He's in college. So my daughter is the only grandchild that still, like, comes around the house regularly and goes visit my, fam- my parents regularly. So I know my family mm-hmm. will protect her. So, you know, um, the day came, and then I was thinking to myself, you know, uh, maybe I'm being too hard on my daughter's mom, right? So then I gave her the benefit that I, I had for a scripture with, so, you know, be so, it just like randomly came to me. It was like, you know, be slow to anger and then make decisions on a cool head, be logical, things like that. So I said, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to give it a shot. I go to the post office. So me and her mother are standing a reasonable distance away from each other while she's filling out the paperwork. You know, I'm talking to my daughter, making sure everything's okay. My daughter's always happy to see me, everything like that. So then as I see her mother, I'm watching her out of peripheral of my eyes. So I see her filling out the paper. And you ever just get, like, the feeling how you know somebody's unprepared for something? Mm-hmm. So she pops up and she's unprepared. And she's like, because, you know, we were kind of, like, at odds, you know, for a week leading up to this particular Saturday. And then um, she said, she comes to me, she's like, you know, I want to do this a different time when you and I are on the same page, that and the third. And I'm like, no. I said, I left work on my break to do this today. Either we get it done right now or it's not going to get done. So then she's like, okay, we'll do it today. So then she's props. Then she's like, you know, scrambling in her mind, trying to figure out how she can, you know, go get whatever it is that she left or whatever the case may be. So then she says, okay, I, I want to go outside so I can make a phone call. TK, the lobby of the post office is huge. And mind you, we're in New York. It's cold. So she didn't need to go outside to make no phone calls. She was trying to figure out a way to, because where she lives is not that far from the post office. So she was trying to figure out a way to, um, she was trying to figure out a way to, you know, run home and then come back because she was trying to leave my daughter with me. So I was trying to right. know, I said, if you're going to leave, take the baby with you, and then we got close to one another. And I took one good look. First of all, I smelled the weed again. And then second of all, I took one good look in her eyes. Her eyes were red. But I said, yo, what is wrong with you? I said, how is it that you think you're going to um, take my daughter out the country and you can't be responsible at home? I said, mm-hmm. God forbid you take my daughter out the country, you're trying to smoke weed and all this other stuff out there, and then you get arrested by the police. Now, my daughter is in a third world country. At or she might, let me tell you what I'm feeling. I'm feeling your daughter, your, your baby mama might sell your daughter, yo. Yeah, I don't know why I'm feeling that. But listen, I don't know why I'm feeling that. But while you're talking, my spirit is saying, don't trust your baby's mama. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not going to, man. Don't trust it, yo. Yeah, I'm not don't going to. How long is it going to take you to get your finances together? Uh, okay, so this is the thing. I'm in uh, respiratory school, like I had mentioned to you before in our messages. And I won't mm-hmm. graduate until next year. So, and I'm in a cohort. So they're paying for me. They're taking care of my tuition. They're taking care of my books. I get a stipend every month. So, you know, in New York, it's kind of, it, it's not kind of, but it's difficult for me to like manage all these things. And I'm only able to work two days a week. So I'm roughly mm-hmm. getting like, uh, I want to say like 3000 a month. But then I've got to pay my, you know, i got to pay my child support and everything like that. So, I really won't be able to move the way I want to until I graduate, which won't be until next May. 
All right, so here's what I'm thinking, right? Will your parents look out for your daughter? Uh, I, if I could get her to them, yeah, but they're in Carolina. They're in South Carolina. Okay, you should ask your baby mom on some cool shit. Stack your money up. And let me stack your money up. Nothing that big. Take her to dinner. Not some cool shit. And say, listen, I want you to get yourself together because I love you. I want the best for you. You should let the baby come stay with me. I'm going to let the baby stay with my mom and dad so I can finish school. You can get yourself together, whatever you need to accomplish. You can accomplish it because I think our child is holding you back from achieving your goals. She'll probably say yes, and she'll probably say no, but I got a backup plan. You get her down there with your mom. You finish there, you bring her up as much as you can so she can be your mom. And then next year you start applying to take her back to court to get joint custody. Start recording you guys' um, conversation and Mm -hmm. videotaping her doing the weed thing and how many times you have spoken to her about the weed, like you're setting her up in a sense. And mm-hmm. you're going to have documentation, have receipts, so to speak. And that when you go to court, um, you can show how all the time she's smoking weed, weed is in her backpack. Judges don't like that shit. Okay. They don't like it. And they will okay. give you custody of that baby. Okay. Because you can't let this young lady destroy your daughter's life. Now, what happened? What, what was she smoking weed when y'all was together? Like, all right. So this is what this is what happened. Because I don't want to make it seem like you know I don't want to not hold myself accountable. Because I did mess up by getting her pregnant. To be honest with you. So I, when I, I, I was going to throw you under the bus because I understand. Okay, good. Yeah, no, nah, but I was you know uh, like I said like I'm in the middle of like transitioning myself. So and as I'm learning, you know how to become a a, a full fledged man the most important thing that I realized is holding myself accountable for the decisions that I made. Right. You know, sure. so this is what, this is where I'm at with this right now. So, before, and this is my first child. So, when I first met her and everything like that already, um, you know, we was partying and everything like that. And then, you know, she was looking good to me, but, it, you know, we was partying. So we was drinking and smoking and things like that. And then, um, so she was know, smoking when you met her. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then I, okay. So this is not something that you started, and you were smoking with her, right? Because, like I said, okay. at the time I used to, at the time I used to smoke too. And okay. Then, okay. Um, and then we, um, you know, we started partying um, alone, like uh, away from the group, and and then we was doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was still like going back to school and everything like that. So then, like, you know, I was working and focusing on school, and she was, um, you know, doing shit that, uh, you know, women would normally do for me. She was, like, buying me clothes and uh, making sure I stayed on top of doing my homework for my classes and things like that. So then, like, you know, I um, I had slowed down smoking on the weed, and then she slowed down smoking on the weed, too. And then I slowed down on partying, and she did, too, and she really started to get herself together. Like, she already had a child prior to the child we share now. And she was mm-hmm. getting uh, that relationship um, intact. Her family was good. Like, you know, things were going good because I was focused I was focused on bettering myself. And then she got pregnant, right? Then she got pregnant, mm-hmm. but then she got an abortion. Then some okay. time went by. Then she got pregnant again. Then she got an abortion. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I know. And then mm-hmm. the third time, that's why, I, that's why I need to talk to you so I can tell you the truth. Like you know, yeah, I'm listening. I'm death, listening. Right? right. So the uh, so then the third time she got pregnant with my daughter and she decided to keep it. And then um, you know, yeah, because she can't uh, have too many abortions. Right. You know, and like I said, at the time, at the time, she kid, this is how immature I was um, in my mind. You know, because she decided to keep the baby. Um, I felt like she betrayed me and she was like derailing my plans for finishing school and becoming a professional. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Like what that. do you mean now when you say she was 
against you. I mean, you got her pregnant three times, man. Oh, God damn. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. But this you is, know, this I is, can see the first time. Listen, I can see the first time she got pregnant. You learned your lesson. I can see the second time. You know, she was good. You can help yourself. Bam, you did it again. Then the third time she gets pregnant. Damn, fam. Yeah, I know I did it to myself. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I did it to myself. Three times? Yeah. Not one, three. Yeah. So, but I'm not here to throw you under the bus, though. Like, I'm not here to say, oh, nigga, you dumb and all that kind of shit. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is listening to you and finding a way how we can make your life better. So she's, how old is she? She's going to be 40 this year. Oh, shit. Yeah. So she's not no child. Nah, she's not. And that's why I feel like... She's doing, you know, child, I, she's doing child shit, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And this is how I knew the... Um, this is how, like, this is how I knew when we separated, she started to, like, go in, like, a downward spiral because when we were together, when we were together, like I said, and I was really locked in on school. I wasn't smoking weed. I wasn't partying. I even changed my friends and everything like that. So mm-hmm. like, I was really focused on school, and I had got my associates, and I had got my bachelor's, and I started making some money, but it wasn't enough. So then I had started. Then I was working a bunch of crazy hours, and then I was going back to school. And I think, you know, me not being home as much, you know, they always say that the idle mind is a devil's playground. So I think, like, in the midst of me um, trying to, you know trying to go back to school or rebuild myself again so I can make real money, I think that's when I started, that's when we started to lose each other. And then... So you outgrew Yeah, you know, like I... You but but here's just, the problem. We're not discussing you, right? Watch this. It's, you're doing fine. She is the one that's not changing or growing or understanding her situation. So she's smoking because she doesn't like herself, yo. Yeah, I told her that's so crazy that you said that. I said that to her the other day. I was like, "Yo, I was like, yo, you are destroying yourself." I was like, "You are a disgrace." I was like, "You are a disgrace to the women who carry my daughter." I was like, "The version of you that I see right now is completely different from the version that carried my daughter eight, eight, nine." Yeah, and you can't say that to her either because those words are powerful. Women, you, women act like or claim they tough. But they're not tough, yo. A female will say all the time, oh, you can talk to me. I'm, I'm grown. I can handle it. But she got a baby from somebody else. She, she, she might seem like she's a failure. She got a baby from you. She might seem like she's a failure. She's smoking weed because it, she might be in pain. She might It's become a vice to her. So she smokes to, to forget to forget her pain, but she doesn't know that she's destroying herself. So you really got to become her friend. Friend. I mean, really a friend. Okay. And and say, hey, I want to help you, and I want to encourage you. Let's do this thing one day at a time because I want to see you do well because, um, one, because you're a good person, you're a woman, and, and first of all, you're the mother of my child. And you have another child. And I don't think any other man on this planet is going to look out for you the way I want to look out for you. And you said, and just let us say, listen, I just want to be your friend. You're the mother of my child. And we have sex. We're not in love. We have sex and we have a kid. But I can't let you go down this, 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 this spiral of going down because you're going to destroy yourself or be dead before you fit. Mhm. Does she work? Yeah, yeah, she works. She got a good job. Uh, yeah, I, actually, yeah, which is which is a little odd to me. So I like she. No, 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 uh, wait, wait. She got a good job, and she goes to work every day. Uh, she works from home. She works from home four days a week and goes to the off goes to her job like Monday a week. All right, so she's responsible to go to work. Yeah. 
So I, that's yeah. the thing. I don't know. I don't know where the uh, you know she okay. So when my daughter was born, she didn't work for like two and a half, three years because I was working two jobs and I, I didn't really want my daughter to go to daycare. So right. I I um took the responsibility. So I had to slow down in school, which is another reason why we probably mm-hmm. not probably, but which is another reason why we bumped heads. You know, I went to I was working from sun up to sun down. TK, I used to work at eight to four and then a five to twelve. I did that five days a week. And then on the weekends, I worked at 10 to 6. But, you know, it was more important to me to keep my daughter out of daycare than, you know what I'm saying? Because, and I'm talking yeah, about daycare, daycare expensive than a motherfucker, so I get That's it. That's a fact. That's a fact. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's expensive. And then on top of that, too, you don't know what these people be doing with to the, uh, you know, with your, with your child. And it's always better to have the mother at home. So for a little while, that worked for us. But then, you know, like I said, like around that time, around the time when, um, she started going to work. We were still like butting heads and things like that. So that's when the um the trouble really like you know started to to the tension started to get thick between us. So mm-hmm. you know fast forward to like now, you know I had like I said I had graduated associate bachelor's now I'm back in school and I got and I got my union my job's union paying for me to go to school. God is good man. I got uh, the union paying for my school and like I said I'm getting a stipend and stuff like that just so that way I can have some cash in my pocket. But like I said, it's not enough for me to, like, hold it all down by myself just yet. So No, 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 you're I, doing fine. Listen, no disrespect, we're not discussing you. You're doing good. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're on the right path. What we're discussing is how do we protect your daughter. Mm-hmm. So your conversation is not about you because what you're telling me is about your achievements. You're fine. Mm-hmm. You're reaching out to me because of the problem with your daughter's mother. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to focus on. We, no disrespect, we can't focus on what you have achieved, what you accomplished, what, you, okay. what degrees you had, what, how many jobs you worked back. Right? That's not important. What's important is that little girl. How old is she? Eight. Oh. How often do you see her? Uh, every other every other weekend guaranteed, and then some days, and then sometimes more frequently. How far does she live from you? Maybe about twenty minutes, thirty minutes. Oh, you gotta see it more than that, then, fam. Ah. Uh, oh yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, every these, weekend. You gotta see it during the week sometimes. So this is the problem. This is the problem with that UK, right? Mm-hmm. I live in, I, I don't know how familiar you are with New York, but I live in Queens. And mm-hmm. I, I go to school in Manhattan. And sometimes I'm in Manhattan until like 8, 9 o'clock. And it takes me like an hour and a half to get home. So like okay. on, um, on days where my daughter has performances, like she has a performance coming up. So on mm-hmm. days where my daughter has performances, I'll make sure that I'm there for the performance. But right okay. now, it's it's a little uh, it's a little challenging for me to have quality time with my daughter during the week. Okay, okay. So this is what you do then. You try your best to see her during the week, even if it's just like to walk down the street to get a bag of chips, or some soda, or, or or ice cream cone, candy, whatever. Just okay. once in a while, you don't have to do it all the time. Okay. But you got to see her more than just every because it's not enough time because your daughter's mom is influencing her. So the other great thing to your advantage, your daughter is only eight years old. Mm-hmm. Her life hasn't changed yet. Do you understand? She's eight. She'll probably never remember. As long as you stay in your daughter's life, mm-hmm. you got to sit. So since you can't see her, what you got to do is start sending your daughter a, a card in the mail. Okay. Stop at the store. Send your card in the mail. Daddy knows about love, about friendship. Sometimes write your daughter a letter and just start sending it to her once a week and let that build up and your daughter will always remember that, yo. Because, okay. you know, what most people do no more. People don't write to their children or send cards. Okay. You have, if you do that, that'll help because your daughter will always remember that as she grows up. Okay. And remember, um, all you got to do is stop at, stop at Walgreens, stop at CVS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go down the car, 89 cent dog, and a stamp. Mm-hmm. And mail it to her. And 
constantly do it. Okay. Not once in a while. That's a good idea. Uh, okay. You want to do this? Is I'm talking about before the year's over. You see, your daughter should have fifty-two cards. Okay. That she can look at, and she would love that. That will that would mean so much, fam. I'm telling you. Okay. All right. I'll do that. Because that is that is yeah. a good idea. Because I have okay. So what I'll do is just to start it off. Because I have a little now. I'll write, I'll write a letter to her now, and then when I bring her back home, I'll tell her to read it and then call me after she reads it. But you know what else I run into? That's a problem, too. When me and her mom have a disagreement, uh, she'll stop me from speaking to my daughter for, like, a couple of days or, like, four or five days or so. And then um, my daughter will tell, like, you know, I'll call and I'll have to leave voicemail or something like that, and then... You know, my daughter would tell me that her mother told her that she didn't want to hear my voice, and it was just a kind of craziness. So, you know. Okay, so let me tell you what you're gonna go. I, I know exactly what your daughter's mother's doing. So most women, when they have kids, they're petty towards the father. Mm -hmm. Your money's not right yet, but when your money gets right, you got to buy your daughter her own phone. Okay. See, that's what I did. I had a daughter's. My daughter's mother was like that. So I bought my daughter my phone. And sometimes my mom, her mother would take the phone and everything, but you got to stay calm and not let the mom get to you because it's okay. not always going to be like this. You're just going to have to ride this wave, and this wave will smooth out. And you just hold on while, while all this is going on, while she's eight. You're going to school, you're busting your ass, you're sitting her the letters, you send her in the cards, and by the time she another eight years or less, you're going to be on your feet. And then gradually you can get her to come rock with you. Okay. And get control of her. So don't be mad. You got to, now you got a plan. The plan is you're in school, you're getting your stuff together, you're going you're gonna to get your money right. Now, once your money right, you sent the cards, and so you're building that foundation with the cards. You're building that foundation. Now, when you get your money right, you can get your daughter a phone. And then that way, you like, I'm going to get my daughter a phone so she can talk to me. So that way, I don't have to bother you. Because women love to be in control. Control, yeah. Oh, nigga. That's the worst fucking thing. And yeah, then what happens then... Men are emotional about their kid when the female is in control. Oh, yeah. wait, my fucking child. You holding my child back. You won't let me speak to my kid. Don't get caught up in that. She got me a few Don't times, OG. I'm not even going to lie to you. She got me yeah, a few I, times. Yeah, I already know. I know. But I'm telling you, don't get upset. Uh, this shall pass. You're going to outplay her, yo. I'm giving you the game. All right. You're going to outplay the fuck out of her. This is what I do, dog. Ain't nobody right. clever, more clever than me. Right. You're just going to laugh at this bitch in your head. It's all right, bitch. I got a plan. Right. And you're going to get it together. Right? You're getting it. While she's tripping, you're getting your shit together. And she smoke weed. Don't even complain about it no more. Cause your daughter's only eight. It's not cause the, we, what I'm thinking about now. We 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 we're overreacting. We're being too emotional. Just when she's with you, just make sure ain't no weed on her. Just make sure your daughter um, don't go out of the country with her. Yeah, yeah, okay. Every morning you wake up now, you got a serious purpose. You got to drive. Your thing now is. I'm getting all this shit together so I can get my daughter. Then when you get your money right and all that, you file for joint custody and you want your child to live with you. But in the meantime, keep your phone on, record her, tape her. And basically, what, like what, like the feds, you're building a case. A case, yeah. You're building a case against a fam. Okay. And you can have all this documentation. So now you can get your daughter phone down the line. You can hire a decent attorney to go to court. 
And you're not trying to keep your child away from the mom. Is that no. This is not a good environment for your daughter to be in because you're, nobody's telling your daughter's mother she can't smoke weed. She's just reckless the way she smokes yeah, weed. Yeah, yeah. That's what's really getting to me, too. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think she's doing that on purpose to get a rise out of me, you know? And then, yeah, so um, you're going to come, so now you're going to not let it bother you. You know, sometimes make fun of us. Ah, so you get high again. Yeah, so you get high again. Girl, you better do it. And do it in a funny mouth. Funny Girl, you better slow down. <laughs> That's how you're gonna hit her. You're not gonna. You're not gonna let her push your buttons because that's what she's doing. Yeah, uh, that's what she's doing. And we all go through it, fam. We all go through it. Mm-hmm. We love our kids, especially at that age. Mm-hmm. Especially at the age, but right now you have to be kind of selfish. And selfish is you got to stay focused on what you're trying to accomplish. Because you already know the end results on what you're trying to do. You got your mm-hmm. vision. You want to get finished school. You want to get yourself together so you can make money and have a better job. And the story could end up even better. Somewhere down the line, she might change. I hope so, man. I've seen it, man. My daughter's mother... Years ago, wasn't shit. Mm-hmm. And she's a nurse now. She's doing good, driving a Tesla, got a fucking $500,000 house. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's balling, dog. I'm, I'm proud of her. I won't fuck with her, but I'm proud yeah, of her. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know what's crazy to me, teachers? Like, the, you, I even tried this, man. We, um, you know how everybody do, like, pictures and stuff like that now. Mm-hmm. So there was a picture. I still have, like, pictures of her on my phone, like, no, not my phone, my laptop from, like, uh, when we were together and stuff like that. My iCloud saves a lot of pictures and a bunch of mm-hmm. other stuff. So then one day I was looking at her, and I was like, this not even the bitch I fucked, yo. Mm-hmm. She looks so different, TK. Right. She lost mad weight. This is what men do. We look at women when we meet them, and it's not them. Let me tell you what men do. When men meet women, we have an illusion in our head about what we think that person's going to be. They didn't show us this. We, in our head, thought you was going to be this way. It all turned out to be wrong. This is not the first story like this in America. Mm-hmm. Or in the world, this this story right here is in the millions. We all have gone through this shit. Mm-hmm. Every last one of us, the best of us, the Mike Tyson's, the Eddie Murphy, the Kevin Hart's, the niggas with money. We all have met a woman like this. We all have. We all didn't have the OG to teach us the game on how to what woman to look for. How who the fuck and who not the fuck to have the discipline of who not the nut in. And see, in your situation, is no one told you, like, yo, man, stop nutting in that bitch. Yeah. And you kept doing it. And then you know, too, and then you know, too, I got comfortable. And then, like, after she, not comfortable, I got reckless. I was reckless, too, because I was saying, all right, she keeps getting these abortions. She's going to get another one for me. And then when the third time when she got pregnant is when I really started to panic. And then when she just outright came and told me one day that she was like, I'm keeping this baby. Man, all the pain I felt in my chest, TK. You know? Yeah, but why? Why would you? Why feel the pain when you was nothing, a nigga? Nah, you know what? I don't get it. You know what? You know what I thought about that you said, too? That had me me dying because it resonated with me. One time... Uh, a Vlad interview, and you said that God will give you multiple chances to get your shit together, and then there's going to be one day when he's tired of your shit, and then he's going to teach you a lesson. And then, yep. the day, and then that was the day he told me my lesson. So, 
Yep. You know. But yeah, that's See, I don't. The thing that people don't understand, and I get a lot of flack on Instagram because a lot of young kids are on there, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't think I know what I'm talking about. They mm-hmm. go back and forth with me on some things. Being a gentleman, they call me simp. Like this is mm-hmm. this is the behavior of these niggas because mm-hmm. I look young, right? Most people don't know my age. Even though I mm-hmm. talk about it as much as I can, but most of them don't know my age. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm 64, right? Yeah, yeah. So, my sister didn't believe that. Right, exactly. So if I had gray, I had if I looked if I had a wrinkled face, and my hair was gray, people would believe me more because they would see wisdom. But what I'm showing the world is that. You could take care of yourself, still look mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. and still be in your sixties and look amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's hard when I give this information because when people look at me, I look like some young forty-something-year-old guy. Yep, twenty years younger than what you really are. Exactly. So I see the problem that go back and forth, but what I always I stress it as much as I can. I say, if you live as long as me, one day you will say, I was right. I'm saying and that now. Exactly. And what people who don't understand is they have it. To listen to me, you have to have life experiences, right? Like you have to live on this planet long enough to truly go, that nigga right. Mm-hmm. But you haven't lived. If you don't have no experiences, I'm a simp. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That nigga crazy. Or that nigga ain't, do, or that nigga ain't doing that. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't let it bother me. I don't let it bother me. Because as long as I can reach one, two, 40 people, like I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. That means everything to me because my goal is to give you guys another way of looking at life or give you the game on how to survive or how to play this hand. Because you know that's one of my rules. I say you got to play the hand that you dealt. So how do we play this hand? And that's way we can. you got to play this hand this way because nobody thinks the way I think. So I show people another way. And your plan now is you're just going to record her and be facetious. Oh, you're getting high again, girl. Woo, mm-hmm. you got a lot of money buying all the weed you smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You always want to say that. You always want to say that. That's what um, you want to do. Because until she starts, like, fucking up, like, about to be homeless or something, which I doubt. She's not really doing nothing bad because she works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see she wasn't working. I can see that. Ain't too many other niggas going to fuck her again. She might get some mm-hmm. dick here and there randomly, right? Mm-hmm. But that's it. So if you tell them she's falling off like that, and most women, what they don't have, they don't, and most women start falling off between 38 and then they 40s. Mm-hmm. And as the years go by, if she doesn't get smart, she's going to even look worse. Oh, gee, I'm telling you. I sent her, I sent, I tried to like reach her one day and I sent her a picture. I was like, look at this picture of yourself and then go look in the mirror. You look like two completely different women. You got to stop doing what you're doing. But then it, you know, it just turns to an argument or whatever. So. Right, because you, you're down in her again. And that's hurting her. You can't come out of that way. She'll, she'll get it right if you start giving her positive energy. I, I got to change my approach. Yeah, just be her friend. You're going to be her uh-huh. friend. She's the mother of your child. That You're going to live with that. But you're going to be my friend, and I want the best for you. And do not sleep with her ever again. Yeah, no, no. My pops told me the same thing, too. He, my, pop said, she, my, pop said, my pop said, if you touch her on the shoulder, she's going to get pregnant. 
So then ever right. since he told me ever since he told me that I never slept with her again. She tried to get me over the summertime. And then she almost had me, right? But I was, I was something in me something in my head told me, said, Call your boy. So I called my boy and I was like, Yo, my baby mom, she keep walking on the phone, naked and all this other stuff, telling me to come to the crib. And then he was like, Are you gonna be with her? I said, No. He said, So don't go over there. He said, I don't care, I don't care how she putting it up for you or anything. He was like, if you go over there, she's gonna ruin you. Mm-hmm. You only got one kid now, you're back in school, don't go over there. And I ain't go over right. there. Since then, I count, I, I will never forget that day. I'll never forget that day. Me and him, we mm-hmm. friends for life. I'll never forget that day. Yeah. I know what so, I'm talking about, dog. I yeah, know. I'm with your yeah. friends are saying it. So you know I'm right if I'm saying it and they said it already. Yeah, yeah. don't leave her the fuck alone, dog. Yeah. But you want her, you want her to get a life together. You want her to find someone, and you want to be a friend, and you're going to be a friend. And when she meets someone, you're going to encourage her to how to keep a nigga. Like you got to be, you got to be soft, man. You got to do this. You got to give her the game on how to keep a man, and you can't yeah. be jealous. And you got to always structure her. I want to. I, I just really want us to be good friends. We had a child. We had a good time. We had a kid. We're gonna live with that. But I, I'm. I'm gonna be your friend. Ah, okay. That's the way you handle her, and just stay focused. Now, let me tell you what that means. Stay focused. You can't even really have a girlfriend like you really want, unless yeah. that young lady is very special. Cause don't get me wrong, you don't have to get some, you don't have to fuck like you're a man, so you're gonna have to get some pussy here and there. But make sure you wear a fuck time. Don't get no other woman pregnant. Yeah, no, I ain't doing that. If somebody tried to OG, somebody tried to get me like that too. She, um, she nobody can get you like that. You not in the girl. Like no, no, nobody no, can get you is, like that. No, no. What I'm saying is, she was trying to tell me that she wanted to stop taking her birth control. Right? And mm-hmm. I was like, what you gonna do that for? I was like, we're not even, you know, in a serious relationship or anything like that. And she was just like, but, you know, we're using condoms, and I don't think I should take it anymore. And then, once she started talking crazy like that, oh, gee, I had to get a body. No, 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 she's not talking crazy. She, she took things. She could be worrying about her body, and that's fine. Right? That's fine if she wants to worry about her body. But the goal here is you can still have sex, but just don't come in a bitch. You got to know how to pull the fuck out. Now, here's what I'm trying to say. I got seven kids. Four of my children is one-night stands. <laughs> Four. Okay. Now, does that make me an expert? Motherfucker. Even though I got them, I'm going to tell you why I'm an expert. Because I lived it. And if I had someone talking to me back then, I wouldn't have my situation. But I turned out okay, right? I'm successful. I'm successful. I'm healthy. My kids are grown. My kids are doing well. I don't talk to their moms like that. And me and my kids are close. Okay. I live with that decision, and I live with it. But I love to share what I've experienced with the world so that they don't make the same mistakes. So I take my pain and teach you guys what not to go through. Because everybody's hands are going to be played the way my hand was played. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to make the kind of money I make. You see? Because it all comes down to money. It comes down to money. Money is, money is what helped me, but also... My career is what got me in trouble because I'm out here meeting fine bitches, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hear, you know, whining and dying and having a good motherfucking time. So that's what my situation got me. But when I have sex now, shit, I pretend I come in these bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Done. You bitch, I ain't nothing to you. Get the 
fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah, yeah. I'm 67 years old, so fuck, I look like having kids again. And my, I got grandkids now. Okay. So, you know, I, I can't disrespect my grandkids by having more children. I know they can be it. And I don't want no more motherfucking kids. Yeah, I see you. And then, you know, I find women to be, a, a, I find women to be very petty. And I, ha- I have zero tolerance in my life. Zero tolerance. So, yes, do I want the company of a woman? Yep, sure, motherfucker, do. Do I want to be with you forever? Hell, motherfucker, no. Yeah, and it ain't no shortage meeting a woman. Not in my life. Yeah, that's another thing, too, too. Especially, like, now. Especially, like, now for me to react to my life shaping up now. I, um... Like I said, I travel from Queens to Manhattan, so I'm on a train a lot, and a lot of the time to see a lot of a lot of nice looking women. And I keep myself together, like you know, like like I said, uh, since the first time I threw in the Breakfast Club, I I take a lot of your gems and I add it to my own situation. So I get like a I get a shape up every week. I get a manicure, pedicure. My clothes fit yep. me nicely. You know, I'm six one, and you always want to smell good, right? And I'm two hundred pounds. I'm in shape, so you know, I get. Right. I get to choose the signals, but because I know my situation isn't all the way together, I, right. you know, I do my thing, but I don't get too carried away until, like, you know, until I'm really where I want to be, and then I right. start looking for, you know, something a little bit yeah, more serious. Time, but, so. you, but, you still, but you still can date. Yeah. You still can date, you know, you still can go and have a good time. You just got to schedule stuff now, which is good. Because when you meet a woman, you can't go out with her right away, right? So you mm-hmm. stay on the phone with her, you get in touch, you, you meet for having a nice damn you go to a movie, but it gives you time to figure out if you want to rock with this girl. And you take your time. Yeah. You take your time. And it, 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 it all, all this, all this favors you, fam. You can really pull this off. This is easy. Uh, this is easy because you're doing all the right things. You're taking care of yourself. You love yourself. You're getting your shape up. You're going to work. You're on the train. You know, people, trust me, people see success. So they see success when they see you. Just don't yeah, sabotage. Because yeah, what you did was you sabotaged yourself. But having this daughter now is your fuel. Is what really motivates you. Yeah, when. that's true. It motivates you to win, fam. So in a way, it's a gift and a curse. It's, it's, it's bad that you had this child with her. You would love to have a child with an, another woman who was successful, wasn't doing these type of things. Mm-hmm. But it's the hand that you dealt. You're going to overcome this. And it's not a bad thing. You're just emotional because you, it's, a young, it's a young girl. You love your daughter. Your parents love your daughter. You're a good person. It's just that a couple of years ago you was on that thing that dick tour, and you <laughs> nutting in there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nutting in there and having a good time. You got pregnant, you know. Y'all put your little money together. You know, hopefully, you went to the abortion clinic with her. She was already feeling bad on the first abortion. Yeah. A couple of weeks go by, maybe not even a couple of weeks after she had the surgery. You didn't even want to wait. Started fucking her again. Nothing her again. She said she's pregnant. You go, oh, I don't really want the baby and blah, blah, blah. She says, okay, right. let's go. I'll get an abortion. And then you did it again. Yeah. And you probably went to the same fucking clinic. So these people are looking at her like, you's a dumb bitch. Like, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah back and forth like that. So now she's embarrassed, yo. She's yeah. embarrassed looking at the same, probably the same doctor that gave her an yeah. abortion the first time and the yeah. second time. You said she had an abortion three times? Twice. Twice. Twice, yeah. She had an abortion twice, dog. Same clinic. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, you're right. So she saw the same nurses the same doctors. And so when she came in and sat in that waiting room, she was considered a fool. Even though the nurses are, 
oh, everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be all right, we're not here to judge. But she judged herself. That's why she said to you on the third time, I'm keeping this. She couldn't yeah. go back there again, dog. She couldn't go back to that clinic again. Yeah, no, nah, I get it. You know, at the time, like, when I was going through it, I didn't understand, but, you know, I understand. I definitely understand how difficult yeah. that could have been for Yeah, that's it's embarrassing. Shit. Yeah. That shit is embarrassing, dog. Because you're yeah. not in there. At all. At all, yeah. Yeah, you ain't in there. <laughs> Yeah. You ain't in that motherfucker at all. <laughs> yeah, nah, you you're on the outside, me. and you may not even win. So you at work somewhere, you somewhere else, praying that she go get the abortion, and then now when she comes out, you got that voice. You know, everything okay? You all right? Yeah, me too. Oh, you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ain't right, never lie. Right, I'll see you later and all that. I love you. And then you got the bitch pregnant again. Yeah, that, yeah, I paid myself. Yeah, you, yep. We all do it, family. Welcome to the league. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm being honest. Welcome to the league. And 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 now you just got to figure out how to make yourself happy. And this is, we all get our life lessons, boy. But what I love, when I in my DM, I got hundreds of people in my DM. You know what they all, most of them say? Man, I wish I'd have met you 20 years ago, 10 years you ago. never lie. You ain't never lie. We That's... actually, you know what's crazy, OG? We actually came to your show for my birthday at Caroline's a few years ago. Wow. Me, me and my baby mom came to your show at Caroline's. Word. That was a good show. It was. It was. Glad was there. Charlemagne was there. If I if I could find, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find a picture of us, the three of us together. If I can find a picture okay. of us together, I'm gonna send it to you. Right. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, Vlad, my man, yo, Vlad, my nah, man. Vlad is Vlad is a good dude. I don't know why they just, you know, I think it's ignorance why people give him so much flack. Like yeah, they, people, all it takes is one person to say culture vulture and all that. And yeah. one thing about black people, we know how to start a trend. That's a fact. Nigga, we started train quicker than any motherfucker and hop on the bandwagon and ride that motherfucker to yeah. the end, right? That's a fact. But you know what I think, too, OG? I think if Vlad was black and he and he was given the same content, the same advice, they would love if him. If Vlad really was black, you. it wouldn't be successful. Oh, okay. I never look at it like that. And this is a fact. If Vlad was black, it wouldn't be successful because of Vlad, Shannon Sharp, and all these other people are successful. Okay. Mm-hmm. He laid out the blueprint. He laid out the blueprint. He sure did. So all this has happened because of Vlad. But what Vlad did, he, and and Breakfast Club, Charlemagne and all them, all these guys gave me an opportunity to shine. Nobody would have done nothing for these platforms. And what's so crazy, I've been this way since I was a youngster. Mm -hmm. My friends always say, damn, you've always been like this. This ain't new. Yeah, nothing happens before it's time, though, man. You right. know, I, and I was, and I was, thinking, and I was, thinking, and I still remember the the first Breakfast Club interview. I was watching it, and you had me in tears. The stories that you were telling, right? Uh-huh. Ever since that first, ever since that first Breakfast Club interview, I always made sure, you know, if I saw you doing the interview, that first interview made me a star. Yeah, man, that interview was hilarious, man. Yeah, that first interview, because I, see, what what people don't know about me, I didn't understand um, views okay. into the Breakfast Club. So when they was telling me 
I had four or five million views on. I'm like, God, I wasn't understanding that shit. Yeah, I know. What like, mean. okay, so what? What, the, what does that mean? I, and I would have never did the Breakfast Club if it wasn't for my son. One day, my son was like, Dad, you see the Breakfast Club? I said, I ain't doing that shit. They're kids. Because I knew Charlamagne. <laughs> he was assistant to Wendy Williams. Mm-hmm. That's how long I've known him. Damn. So when he got his show, I'm thinking I'm really doing Hot 97. Mm-hmm. I'm not understanding what this Breakfast Club is. They've they got their own lane. Yeah, they damn sure do. You know, so when I got on there, I, when I did that interview, before I got to my car, Vlad had tracked me down. And Vlad reached out to me and said, Can, would you like to do my show? And I said, yeah, met him, and the rest is history. And yeah, then man. being on there, every other comic now is on motherfucking Vlad. But yeah, I would true. say, I'm glad I was the first one. Yeah, man, that's true. Because I never used to see, that used to be like a lot of um, a lot of uh, rappers and stuff like that. And then I never used to see uh, comedians on there until you went. Then D.L. came. Yeah, Godfrey. God, yeah, Godfrey was good on there for a minute to him and Vlad had beef. They were, right. He had a, he had a I nice got Godfrey on, comedian. No, Godfrey's my guy. I got Godfrey on Vlad. Okay. Yeah, and then I I saw that Godfrey and Lord Jamar, they all three of them had hit it off. Yeah, yeah, they, used to, they had a nice run, man. They had a nice run, yo. They sure did. Yeah, they had a nice run over there. And when they had that issue, I had a long talk with Godfrey because you know Godfrey's my man. I'm like his big brother. Okay. And I explained to Godfrey that his job was not to talk about religion and politics. Some things you stay away from. So I asked him, did he know Louis Farrakhan? And he said, no. I said, has Louis Farrakhan picked you up from the airport? He said, no. I said, have you been to his house? He said, no. I said, then why the fuck are you discussing Louis Farrakhan? Yeah, he made a big, him and Lord Jamal made a huge deal about that. Made a huge deal about it. And the rule is in life, do not discuss religion and politics. See, the world is so confused when it comes to religion. It's so confusing. And I got stuff on stage the other night in Chicago, and I said to them, I was talking about religion, and I said, it's two sides to religion. It's the way our parents raised us, and then there's the truth. Yeah. Our parents raised us to believe in a white Jesus. The truth tells us that Jesus is black. History tells us that everything was black and everything originated from us. Yeah. But because over the years, hundreds of years, the, 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 the story has gotten whitewashed so now nobody has proper information like the blind leading the blind right we that and that's why social media does what it does because people are not in the business of fact checking people are used to receiving information so when you receive information i think about when school when you go to school the teachers tell you what the what they want you to know, right? When we was growing up, mm-hmm. it was Christopher Columbus. We all celebrating Christmas. So we was being programmed and brainwashed for years. Mm-hmm. This is all we was thinking. They were talking bad about Africa. Africa is bad. Mm-hmm. So the media in school had us feeling a certain way. So now, over the last 20 years now, social media, social media is a powerful tool because if you really watch the right people, it's better than going to a university. Yeah, that's true. But most people follow the wrong people. 
And that's why people do dumb shit, fighting on airplanes. Like you not knowing that's federal. Anything, once right. you cross over in the airport, that's a federal charge. Yep. People don't think They don't know that. until they go to court. Attacked in the Capitol. Chasing black people down in the middle of the street, shooting them. Beating people mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Running in stores, taking cell phones, and running in stores, taking clothes out of Walmart, and even markers, a group of kids with hoodies on, breaking the stores, taking jewelry. It's like cool. It's that stuck out to me, too. Was when you was like, keep acting the fool in the street. They got a place for you, and then you posted yeah. it, um, and then you posted up the yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, people, people can act tough all they want, right? People so they get up in there, nigga. They got a place for you. Yeah. And see, and no matter how motherfuckers talk about it, they glamour. They think jail is glamorized until that cell close on your ass. Yeah, it's a completely different story. And you around a bunch of niggas. And I'm going to tell you how it, 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 it humbled me and humiliated me at the same time. When you go through lockup and they wash you, they put the spray on you, mm-hmm. take all your, you take all your clothes off, they wash it, they spray you. And when you go in the other room, you got to actually bend over and squat and open your ass. Damn. To make sure there's nothing, you're not carrying nothing. Now, I wrote a, I had a joke in my head. Because, you know, when you go to sleep at night, you think about your day. Mm-hmm. So I think about the cop that got to look at all these men's asses when they've been over. So when he go to sleep at night, this is on his mind. Other men's Yeah, worry about niggas boofing and stuff like that. Right. And then they give you underwear that you know thousands of other niggas on war. Oh man! Not your underwear. Somebody else's underwear. Somebody else's. That's crazy. Had that on. Somebody had that on with socks and sandals. Yeah, that's then crazy. Then you sleep in a cell with niggas you would never sleep with, or even have dinner with. Break bread. We wouldn't break bread right. with these dudes. Right. You sitting next to motherfuckers you would never sit with at a restaurant. Man. Yes, sir. Yeah. So. I remember I remember when I got caught up one time, I was there for like a weekend and uh I was thinking to myself that and this was like this was years ago. I was thinking mm-hmm. to myself, there's no way niggas do this for twenty five years, ten years, fifteen years. I said, There's no way. But you know, they fuck up on the street and that's what they end up having to do choices and yeah. again some choices you can make a bad you can get out of them you can find a way and then there's some choices you got to be stuck with for the rest of your life so you're yeah, stuck you with your situation for the rest of it right so you stuck with this choice that you made for the rest of your life but you're going to turn a negative into a positive because you're going to win yeah, man. And, so, now getting, and now I've given you the blueprint. Yeah, man, I think so, I've given you the blueprint. And I'm. this is going to be on my podcast in the morning. So you will have this tape for the rest of your fucking life that you can play over and over again when you are having doubt. All right, cool. All right, thanks, OG. And see, the thing that we did, we didn't say your name. We didn't say nothing. See, that's what I like to do on my show. I don't like for people, I like for people to be able to talk freely without mm-hmm. saying the name. Now, some people may, might know your voice or something, maybe, but if people don't know your name, shit, nigga, it wasn't me. Yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's a fact, OG. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I don't know what the fuck you talking about. What do you mean, nigga? Yeah, that's they a sound fact, just man. like you. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true, man. That's true. 
don't know what to talk about. So listen, this will be out when I, when they. I'm going to send this down to New York because I'm late sending it. So they'll have it ready, but in the morning it'll be on SoundCloud. But they always send me a copy, and I'm going to send it to you personally. Right, and you. when you're on the train, you're thinking about your daughter. You're thinking about your life. You're thinking about the moves you're going to make. You're going to play this on the train. And you will hear my voice forever. Forever. You will hear this. You will hear this. This right here is your guiding light to success. And I promise you on everything, if you listen to me, 20 years from now, you're going to be like, thank you, God. Key to the motherfucking K was the man. Yeah, on that note, family, yeah, on that note, this is my phone. Stay in touch. Um, i got to lay down. I've been traveling all day, and we will talk soon. But I think I've given you enough to get you right. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. All right, so that's the way you're going to, that's the route, that's the route you're going to go. You're not going to let her play you. You're not going to get emotional. You're going to be facetious and joke about her smoking. You're not going to talk bad about her no more. All right. And you, when the time is right, talk to her about you want to just be her friend because you want to see her win. And All when you take okay. out the dinner, bring some flowers and give to her. All and right. then you go your way and she go her way. Don't go back to that house with her. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. Because, look, it's my pop told me, my boy told me, and you telling me. So I know. I know that that's exactly what's going to happen. So I, yep. I, know, I know how I'm going to handle it. I know how I'm going to handle it. Cool. I wish you the best, young man. All right. Thank you. I appreciate the call. Take care of yourself. Come spend the night with me. I'll take you to ecstasy. Men, let's face it. As we get older, our bodies change. The largest percentage of men over the age of 40 suffer from some type of erectile dysfunction. ED. Guys, don't let Ed creep into your bed. Discover Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. Not just a bunch of pills to take, but a natural way to regain stamina and put the spark back in your love life. Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. Now at Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. And yes, ladies, we thought of you too. We offer the Honey Pack, a safe, natural way for you to decrease hot flashes and increase your libido. Bedroom Therapy by TK Kirkland. At Bedroom Therapy by tkkirkland.com log on today for special offers and discounts that's bedroom therapy by tkkirkland.com bedroom therapy by tkkirkland.com bedroom therapy made for him thinking of her make sure you follow tk kirkland on instagram at tk underscore kirkland for more information about upcoming events and more visit www.officialtkkirkland.com this episode of the T.K. Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.